well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards, and we are talking about some infringements today, unfortunately, in New Jersey, where lawmakers have given final approval to an anti-carry bill. Their response to the Supreme Court's decision in New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin which declared uh, New York's may issue carry laws to be unconstitutional. New Jersey has may issue laws as well, or at least they did. Uh, And uh, after uh, the Bruin decision was handed down, the New Jersey legislature did not immediately pass uh, anti-carry legislation like New York did. Now, they took their time in crafting an unconstitutional statute. And uh, join us on the program today to talk about what is in the New Jersey bill that is headed to Governor Phil Murphy, and what happens next for those who try to defend our right to keep and bear arms. Uh, Scott Bach, head of the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, to join the program. Take a look and a listen. Scott, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's good talking with you, sir. It's great to be back, Cam. I wish the news was better, but uh, that, that is generally the case, unfortunately, we're talking about in New Jersey, <laughs> right? And, and, and we knew... I think going in um, that the legislature was going to pass something uh, in response to the Bruin decision. They just could not let that uh, reality uh, remain in effect. They have to do something to go after the uh, the right to carry. So so what does the final version of this carry bill that's headed to uh, Governor Murphy's desk actually look like, Scott? Well, it's worse than New York's bill. OK, it's I like to say it's a big middle finger to the U.S. Supreme Court on right to carry. Mm-hmm. OK, it's a. It's an angry temper tantrum from petulant children who refuse to recognize that they're defeated. Okay. It's an angry fist shake. And it's, it's basically the legislature saying, Oh yeah, well, we're going to do it anyway. So listen, since they can't ban the issuance of permits anymore, carry permits, they've turned to banning carry itself and change what it means to have a carry permit. Mm. And, it's not a subtle thing they've done. What they've done is they've basically carved out all, almost all of carry as a sense, you know, like in all sensitive places. So basically all common, they've relabeled almost every common public place as a sensitive place. So you can't carry anywhere. In fact, in all the committee hearings, I think there were five or six in both houses and all the debates, not one Democrat in support of the bill was able to answer the question, where can you carry under this bill? Not one. <laughs> okay. Um, and, you know, you know, they dodged it. They said, well, it's not our job to do that. It's our job to tell you where you can't carry. Yeah. And so they've defined things like your car is not a place where you can carry. Parks, stadiums, theaters. All private property, Cam, okay, unless the owner consents. So the, the, instead of you can carry and the private property owner can opt out, it's, it's all banned unless the private property owner opts in. It's over the top. Not only that, but there's an insurance requirement mm-hmm. to, to get uh, concealed carry liability insurance, which doesn't exist in New Jersey as a condition of being able to carry. And also there's a hiking of permit fees. So, this is, um, it's New York on steroids. Mm-hmm. It's childish. It's going to go down in flames, Cam, in court. 
Okay. We, you know, we've been anticipating this. Um, actually the surprise for me is that they just, they didn't fight on issuance of carry permits. And that's probably due to some of our backroom efforts with the attorney general's office in advance of the Bruin decision. Like we helped them get over their shock and realize, okay, this is a new era. So they didn't fight us on issuing carry permits, which is, which is where the fight's been for the last 50 years. In right. They refused to issue permits. Now they're changing what it means to have a permit. And it's, listen, it's, it's as bad as it gets. It's completely uh, against the second amendment and Bruin. It, it does precisely what Bruin says you can't do, which is you cannot use sensitive places and ex- as an excuse to ban carry almost everywhere. That's precisely what this thing does. Oh, and by the way, a last-minute amendment they threw in exempts government officials from the sensitive places restriction. So, so, <laughs> so lawmakers have real concealed carry, while the the, the un, great unwashed masses, you know, have a piece of paper that says you can carry, but in point of fact, you go to jail if you carry pretty much anywhere. It's it's going down in flames. It's going down in a giant flaming ash heap camp. I uh, I am glad to hear you say that. I agree with you. Um, I want to go back to a couple of the the sensitive places that uh, that you laid out because correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. Um, I know that you will. Was <laughs> you talk about concealed carry being banned in your in your own private car? I know that that was originally the bill. Didn't didn't they try to take that out at some point? Did that get put back in, or was that just there throughout the entirety of the legislative process? It's been there the enti- during the entirety. There was some talk that they might take it out, yeah. but they didn't. They're, what they did do is they changed some rules about where you can uh, holster and unholster your firearm. You know, they, they were, originally you had to have it in the trunk, and you had to like get out in a parking lot and strap on a gun in, in public view and. Right it was pointed out. So they amended that. So you can do it within the vehicle as long as you're stopped. Of course, that doesn't affect the ban on carry and parking lots. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's moronic. It's nonsensical. It's like I said, it's, it's a big middle finger to the U S Supreme court. It's, it's done with anger. It's done. It's listen. they know they're beaten mm-hmm. and it's, it's as childish as you can get. It's not a subtle attempt to, you know, define a new line. It's over the top, yet they've paid lip service to that. They speak about it as if this is, well, we'll have to find out what the courts say. We believe this is the interpreter. You know, it's just, it's absurd. It is absurd. You know, when the Supreme Court says you can't do this, and then they do it precisely that, but put, pay lip service to constitutionality, Listen, it's going down, and we're going to bring it down. Okay? Yeah. And, well, yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's funny to me that when almost nobody could get a carry license in New Jersey, those few people who could get a carry permit, they could carry almost anywhere, right? When when, when it was only a select favored few who could get access to the right to bear arms, well, hey, don't worry about it. We, don't have, we have very few sensitive places. But when all of a sudden now the Supreme Court says, hey, it's a right of the people, that's when all of these restrictions come into play. We saw this in New York as well. It's hypocrisy in, in the greatest in the greatest extreme. It, you know, it, it's so transparent. It, listen, I don't know if we're going to get an injunction at the lower courts in New Jersey. You know, the, the, you know, we don't have pockets of very conservative 
district court judges in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But if we have to, a, my organization is going to take this back to the U.S. Supreme Court if it has to quickly. And, you know, whatever the lower courts attempt to do, if they, if they don't wake up and smell the coffee, you know, the Supreme Court is going to slam this if it comes to it. And, you know, we're, we're, we've been geared up for this for a while. Okay. You know, you would think New Jersey took months and months and months after New York acted, you know, and even after the New York, uh, restraining orders. In fact, maybe the restraining orders are what prompted this. They said, oh, really? Well, they're not going to do that in New Jersey. Well, let's, let's see what happens. It's a new era. It's a new day. We're in lag time. They just don't realize it yet. And not only are they going to have a humiliating defeat, they're going to wind up paying uh, a mass amount in our legal fees because on, on civil rights violations, there was the state's responsible for, or the, the aggrieving or the, the violating parties responsible for the other party's legal fees. So not only will they be embarrassed, but they're going to be out of pocket. Now, do they care? It's taxpayer money. Right. You know, it's not theirs. It's the embarrassment factor that, that matters. And, um, listen, it is what it is. It's, it's, going to take a while, you know, after the U S Supreme court decided certain civil rights cases in the sixties, there were states that protested and tried to do the opposite. It took like 10 years for certain Southern states to settle down and, and accept the reality, the reality they were in. And that's yeah. going to happen in New York and New Jersey. Listen, I, I mean, I'm, you know, not far away from uh, uh, the town of Farmville, Virginia, where for five years, Prince Edward County shut down the public schools rather than integrate. You know, that was that was the 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 heart of massive resistance is what Democrats uh, called it back then. Massive resistance to integration. And now we're seeing massive resistance to the recognition of the right to bear arms and self-defense. Um, I mean, there really is, you know, that, that it's 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 sad, uh, Scott, to see the similarities here. It is sad to see that uh, you, so many decades later, you've got, uh, you know, one political party who was willing to stand in front of the courthouse door or the grocery store door or the, you know, door of the public bus uh, and say, listen, you can't exercise your rights here. And but that's exactly what we're seeing. Meanwhile, I, you know, I don't know if you I'm, just, I'm sure you've seen this story. All of New Jersey's gun laws aren't stopping high schoolers from bringing guns into high schools. I mean, you've got metal detectors at uh, high school in Patterson, New Jersey, uh, because there were multiple guns discovered on and around campus. Uh, earlier this week. So, you know, all of these laws that uh, are all of these new statutes, these are all aimed at people who are trying to obey New Jersey laws, right? What, what What's the legislature yeah. doing to go after violent criminals as opposed to going nothing. after law-abiding gun owners? They're doing nothing. Listen, it's the truth is unvarnished here. There's no claim. There's no subtlety. There's no claim of any public good. It's It's so extreme as to reveal itself for what it is. And this is a government of that thinks it's royalty and it has its subjects and it cannot and will not tolerate its subjects being armed. Okay. And that's, listen, that's what it is. And they have to get, and they're going to be taught a very painful lesson that they are the servants of the people, not the masters of the people. And they're, listen, one way or the other, sooner or later, they're going to be forced into compliance. So they're going to have their angry fist shake. They're going to have their their moment of anger, and they're going to be able to go back to their constituents that don't really even care about this issue. That's all like a, this phony thing. But they're going to go back to their constituents, and they're going to say, "We did something, and that evil, those evil courts 
you know, are just progressing and making us less safe. And, you know, during testimony, you know, one thing I pointed out is criminals will utterly ignore this. Okay. You can pass anything you want. Any criminal that's going to carry a gun is not going to be stopped by this. You're right. This is totally 100% aimed at honest citizens. The varnish is off it. Okay. It's, they can dress it up. They can say it's a public safety measure. Uh, it's all about infringing and blocking the people's freedom. That's what it's about. And it's, there's no, they can't credibly claim otherwise. So So, I'm assuming that uh, you need to wait until the law or the bill is signed before uh, you'll have standing to sue, right? Correct. Is it fair to say that uh, um, we might say lawsuit filed before the ink is dry on Governor Murphy's signature? I think that's fair to say. And, uh, you know, you know, the question is when he's going to sign. He's, uh, you know, it's probable that he's going to try to be the Grinch who stole Christmas. It could happen this week. Okay. And we're, we're ready. Okay. Uh, we're standing by and, um, you know, there's no stone we will leave unturned on this issue. I mean, actually, this is the issue that made me an activist, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that this the right to carry issue is what led me to get involved in the issue. It, it, you know, completely changed my life. So we're, we're all over this one. And, um, it's, you know, we've been, we've been saving our pennies. We've been accumulating a war chest. We've been developing the issues and arguments and the Supreme Court has given us what we need. And, you know, it's now a different day. It's a different game in New Jersey. The day of um, tyrants and bureaucrats having their way is over. They just didn't get the memo yet. And we're going to deliver it <laughs> with a with quite a punch. Well, I, I got to tell you, I mean, listen, uh, the Association of Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs, um, you know, you guys are already challenging the state's magazine ban. That's the case that the Supreme Court has uh, granted. Uh, assert to vacated the lower court decision. Uh, so, I mean, you guys are really are on the front lines of fighting uh, for our Second Amendment rights, in part because your state is so hostile to them. So, uh, you know, on behalf of all of the gun owners out there, Scott, thank you for the work that you're doing and the work of, uh, of the association. Um, just one more uh, a quick pragmatic question for, for New Jersey gun owners who might be listening. When will this take effect? Is it, you know, 60 days after uh, Murphy signs, 90 days? Is it going to affect immediately? When do these infringements start to be enforced? The key provisions regarding infringement are immediate. They take effect immediately. Ah. So even if you have a carry permit, you know, depending on, listen, obviously we're going to be seeking a TRO. Sure. Temporary restraining order. Um, That may or may not be immediate. It may or may not come at all, depending on the level of corruption of the, you know, the lower courts. Um, so the law will be effective immediately. People with carry permits need to be, you know, very careful. And, and, you know, the gun law practitioners will issue guidance on, on what to do and what not to do. Um, but if there's a TRO and it's issued, then everything will be on hold. And, yeah. you know, depending on the terms of that temporary restraining order. So, um, you know, Anybody who is thinking, oh, I'm not going to bother to apply for a carry permit, I would say apply, get the permit, because sooner or later we're going to resolve this issue. Yeah. And um, But as far as, you know, I'm not going to say defy the carry law. 
you know, the new carry law, if it goes into effect and if there's not a restraining order on it, you know, law-abiding citizens should remain law-abiding, but we're not going to have to wait too much longer. We've been waiting for decades for this moment. You know, a little longer is not going to, obviously it's intolerable, but, you know, it's just, it's the hand we've been dealt in Jersey and we're going to deal a hand back that they've never seen before. They, I mean, they've never, New Jersey lawmakers have never experienced what they're about to experience. They're going to be shot down big time. They're going to be embarrassed and they're going to have to fork over probably six figures in legal fees. So, um, well, we will be covering every minute of it. Absolutely. And we'll be covering uh, the legal fight to come. Uh, in the meantime, Scott, listen again, thank you for coming on the show today to uh, uh, give us some of the devils and the details here of this uh, anti-carry legislation, anti-civil rights legislation. Let me just call it what it is. Uh, but uh, I know we'll be talking again very, very soon with uh, updates on the illegal fight. And uh, I wish you the best of luck uh, in your attempt to overturn these impending new laws. Thanks, Cam, and Merry Christmas. You too, sir. Scott Bach joins from the Association of New Jersey Rifle and Pistol Clubs here on Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Uh, again, I really appreciate this, Scott joining us on the program today, and we will be talking uh, again in the not-too-distant future. Just like there are, uh, I think there's almost a dozen lawsuits in New York. There's almost a half-dozen lawsuits over Measure 114 in Oregon. We will likely see multiple lawsuits uh, in New Jersey based on uh, these new carry restrictions. Uh, but uh, I'm with Scott. I think it's going to be really difficult for New Jersey to try to defend uh, some are all uh, of these restrictions, quite frankly. Uh, you know, again, this isn't an attempt to abide by or comply with the Supreme Court's decision that, yeah, the right to bear arms in self-defense is just as fundamental a right as the right to keep arms in your home for self-defense. Um, I might take the Supreme Court. We'll see what the Third Circuit uh, Court of Appeals has to say, but... Uh, I I tend to agree with Scott. I think when the Supreme Court gets a hold of New Jersey's pending laws as well as uh, New York's restrictions, um, they're not going to be happy to see what these uh, anti-gun and anti-civil rights lawmakers have done. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there. Not It's not quite a true recidivist report, but... It is definitely worth talking about. This, I ran across this story from the uh, Savannah, Georgia area, how the justice system allows convicted killers to serve probation. Uh, this was from uh, WTOC in uh, Savannah, Georgia. And they note in a uh, Chatham County courtroom back in May, a uh, man indicted for murder ended up walking away with a plea deal uh, that allowed him to uh, plead guilty to manslaughter and be released on probation. No prison time at all for what was originally a murder charge. Uh, as WTOC points out, similar courtroom scenes have played out over the past two years as victims' families disagreed with the terms of deals, worried for their safety, but prosecutors proceeded anyway. They note, since the start of the pandemic, the backlog of criminal cases has reached historic levels across the country as courtroom proceedings have slowed. But in Chatham County... A WTOC investigation has found a faster pace of murder cases being closed this year to years past. Now, you might think that's a good thing, right? They're, 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 they're closing more murder cases. It's how those cases are being closed that's the problem. They say the Chatham County DA's office has negotiated more deals in murder cases this year than the last five years combined. Yeah. Most of the offenders 
Uh, they say who took one of those plea deals agreed to reduce charges and in several cases drastically reduced sentences, including several convicted killers who went home on probation. So what do the DAs have to say about this? Uh, Shalina Cook-Jones says, uh, quote, it's better than trying a case where the evidence is not strong, and then there's an acquittal and a defendant goes free. So at least this way, there's some acceptance of responsibility. In our office, we considered that a win. Hmm. Now, it's true that in some cases, you may think that you've got a, a murder case, but it's going to be tough to make it stick. You might have problems with witnesses. Um, if you've got problems with you know physical evidence, DNA evidence, well, then maybe your case isn't quite as strong as you thought it was, right? But I understand witnesses back out of testifying. Sometimes of their own volition, other times, though, because they are intimidated into not testifying. Uh, so to me, when you've got a witness who all of a sudden doesn't want to take the stand, it may, it may be that a plea deal is your, your best option, but you've got to investigate why that's happening. Uh, because it's one thing to say, well, listen, you know, we're having to give uh, a lot of these plea deals because we've got witnesses who are moving away, uh, or you know, they they've changed their mind. Maybe they maybe they maybe, maybe their stories don't match with their uh, initial uh, uh, statement to police. That's that's one thing. But if this is an issue of well, we had to reduce charges, we had to give them a plea bargain because uh, our, our witnesses were afraid for their life, or they just simply stop talking to us. Well, then you got to get to the bottom of that because that's a bigger issue, right? It's one thing. It's bad enough if you've got people who are quite literally getting away with murder and ended up on probation. It's something else entirely when people are getting away with murder because they're intimidating witnesses and neither prosecutors nor police really seem to give a damn about that. That makes things a hell of a lot worse, doesn't it? So kudos to WTOC. Uh, in uh, Savannah, Georgia, for covering this. And, you know, we're coming up here a couple times a year. You've got uh, what they call sweeps in, in local TV. November uh, is, is a big one. These are basically where you set the ad rates uh, for the coming months. And so you'll see a lot of like local news stations, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of stunt, right? They'll save their big stories or maybe every few months you see, you know, your local news, uh, something in your kitchen cabinet could be killing you. Find out what it is tonight at 11, right? The, the, that, that, that's like a sweep story. So the next sweeps period uh, is February, um, and it's not quite as big as the November and May sweeps, but it's still a sweeps period. There are local news outlets out there looking for an enterprise story for the February sweeps. Go look at the number of plea bargains for homicides that have been happening in your area. And I suspect what you'll find is that Chatham County and Savannah, Georgia is not the exception over the past couple of years. It is more like the rule. Now, today's armed citizen story from Little Rock, Arkansas, where police say a teenager was shot and killed in an attempted carjacking. And now two of his alleged accomplices are actually facing murder charges, uh, according to an affidavit that was released Monday. Uh, investigators say that a, a juvenile died after he was shot when he and two other teens attempted to carjack a woman outside of an apartment on Sunday night. Uh, the teenagers, identified as 18-year-old Daryl Jones, 15-year-old Tamarian Jones, are now both facing murder charges in the case. According to reports from the Little Rock Police Department, officers responded to a building in the Eagle's Nest apartment complex after receiving reports of gunfire. It was actually the driver who had called 911 who told the officer that uh, responding officers that uh, three people had come up to her car, 
one of them, uh, police later identified as Kenneth Perkins. They tapped on the window with a gun and they told the driver to get out of the car. Driver then told officers they asked Perkins, who police said was a juvenile who died in the incident, uh, what they said and in the confusion pulled out their own gun. The driver said at that point, the two began shooting at each other afterwards, the driver, uh, and they ran back to their apartment and called 911. Investigators started searching the area Sunday night, identified Perkins and the uh, Joneses as suspects. They found Perkins suffering from gunshot wounds. He was taken to a local hospital, but he did pass away from his injuries. Uh, Daryl Jones to Marion Jones, both taken into custody. Uh, officers say they each said the other was carrying a gun during the incident. Investigator, investigators say the uh, 15-year-old said the uh, older uh, individual and the juvenile who died were, quote, always stealing cars and robbing people. Well, now both of the uh, Joneses are facing murder charges as adults, also uh, aggravated robbery charges. The uh, driver uh, who defended herself against these uh, would-be carjackers not facing any charges in the incident. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place at the right time, well, unable to do the right thing, good Samaritans who came to the aid of a grandmother and her grandchild after they were struck by a car and pinned underneath. Yeah, it took the help of these Good Samaritans as well as a a Tampa police officer to rescue the uh, grandmother and child. Happened over the weekend. There was a guy who was backing out of his car in the apartment complex. Said he looked, but didn't see the grandmother pushing the uh, uh, infant in a stroller. Backed up, hit them, felt the bump. Thought maybe he hit over a, a speed bump and then realized what had happened. Yeah. I mean, it's scary stuff. Um, several people in the apartment complex saw what was going on, and they were able to get a hydraulic jack and actually um, jack up the car a little bit, enough so that there was at least some space to breathe for the grandmother. But she's still pinned. The baby is still there underneath as well. Uh, thankfully, again, when officers arrived, Uh, They were able to extricate the 80-year-old woman and her three-year-old great-granddaughter. The uh, grandmother taken, both actually taken to local hospitals. The grandmother, at last report, listed in critical condition. So keep her in your thoughts and your prayers. The uh, infant, or the three-year-old, not an infant, but the uh, the toddler, I guess, uh, at last report listed as stable. So it looks like she's going to uh, recover from this. But, uh, yeah, the 80-year-old woman could use... Your thoughts and prayers right now. Meanwhile, uh, police uh, there in the area uh, in uh, Tampa praising not only the uh, first officers on scene, but the uh, Good Samaritans as well. Uh, They said we're thankful for the Good Samaritans and Tampa firefighters who also jumped into action to help make sure this grandmother and young child will get a chance to see another Christmas this week with their family. Also uh, said that they were uh, proud of uh, Corporal Baker's quick actions and calmness under pressure. A shining example, they say, of the work that the Tampa police officers do every day to protect and serve their community, not knowing when they will be called upon to save a life or put their own life on the line at any given call for service. Uh, and again, uh, a Corporal, uh, I don't know Corporal Baker's first name. I don't think the uh, Tampa police uh, released that information. But thanks again to the quick thinking of those good Samaritans on the scene and the uh, fast response of the uh, Tampa police and fire. Hopefully, uh, both of these individuals are going to be okay. Now, that's uh, all the time we've got for in this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company, but the good news is it's only Tuesday. So we'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But don't forget to check out BearingArms.com. In the meantime, constantly updating the website with the latest two-way news that you need to know about. 
And if you like what you see, I would always encourage you to become a VIP or a VIP Gold member. I have to do go to BarryAndArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. We're going to give you exclusive news stories and analysis you won't find anywhere else as our way of saying thanks, because your support does matter, and it really does make a difference. So thank you again in advance. All right, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.